We are on Yavamos, Pei Beis, Amad Beis, 82b. And the Gemara returns back to the discussion of the status of an androgynous. Androgynous is somebody who has both male and female uh, sex organs. And the question is, what is the status of such a person? Is the person uh, male, female, uh, what's referred to as a suffix, zachar, suffix, nikiva? We don't know. It's, we don't know. It's it will for, forever be a question as whether they are male or female, or perhaps even they are what's referred to as a beria bifne atzma. They're neither male nor female. They're a separate uh, creature, separate separate uh, sex, not male nor female. Um, and so there, there are various different opinions. Now, just as a quick review, the Mishnah, our Mishnah, uh, seems to imply that... Uh, we view at least the position of the Mishnah, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon, and some of the other opinions of the Mishnah, as we will see, uh, say that that uh, we view the androgynous as a male. However, Rish Lakish pointed out, and this was a dispute between Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan, Rish Lakish says that this is limited only for rabbinic laws. When it comes to rabbinic laws, uh, so then we will view the androgynous as a male, but not for biblical laws. Um, and Rabbi Yochanan said, no, we even apply this for biblical laws. So the Gemara now asks a question on Rish Lakish. How could you tell me that it's only for rabbinic laws, but the Mishnah says, Tanan, androgynous, no seitani. No, no say. It says that an androgynous is allowed to get married as a male, meaning he's allowed to marry a woman. And that sounds like l'chatchila. Um, that sounds like we encourage it. We, we, it's, it's something which is allowed and we tell them to do. According to you, Rish Lakish, we shouldn't, we shouldn't allow them because on a biblical level... Maybe they're not male. Maybe we just don't know. So Rishlakish responds back by saying, no, Taniyim Nasa. It doesn't mean that we allow them to go and we encourage them to marry a woman, says Rishlakish. It means that if it happens, so then we'll say they're, they're viewed halakhically as married and they would have to get a divorce document. But it doesn't really mean that we encourage them to get married because according to Rishlakish, on a biblical level, we just don't know. The Gemara says, Ah, Ketani. But it says it in a language which implies that we encourage it. So he responds back, He says, no, but we say that he's allowed to, uh, the Mishnah says we, he's allowed to marry a woman. But he is not allowed to marry um, a man. And that implies even after the fact, even after the attempt to get married, it doesn't work. So maybe the beginning is also it's just referring to not what we encourage, but it's after the fact. Meaning, he's let if he marries, we view it as a marriage after the fact. Maybe that's what it means. Uh, so the Gemara responds back that no, what are you talking about? It's not true. Um, the Gemara says, "Lo no se lechatchila mashma avalon diavid nami lo." Uh, the Gemara ends up saying that, no, what are you talking about? What the Mishnah means to say, it doesn't mean that everything is just referring to if it happened. So then if this androgynous, this person marries, attempts to marry a woman, um, then it works and we we are stringent to require a divorce document. They can't stay married. That's what Rish Lakish says. But if this androgynous attempts to marry a man, it's not even recognized. No, that's that's not what it's that's not what it's saying. Um, what it's saying is that, no, we encourage the androgynous to marry a woman because on a biblical level, we view 
on, on all levels, the way we're understanding the mission now, against Reish Lakish, we view the androgynous as a male. And if you were to attempt to marry a male, so then in that case, we wouldn't even recognize it as a marriage, uh, because we view him as a male. So the Gemara then asks one last question, if we view him as a male, if that's true, if we view him as a male, so then how is this different than another opinion in the Mishnah? There's another opinion in the Mishnah that says as follows. Rabbi Lezer Omer, we had this in the Mishnah, Rabbi Lezer says, Androgynous Chayven loves Skili Kazachar. We say that Androgynous, if he has uh, sexual relations with another male, so then that is deserving of the same punishment as when it's just as much of a prohibition as when a male has sexual relations with another male. Both are not allowed from the Torah. Both have a very severe punishment of death. Um, and that applies, that's what Rabbi Lezer says. So what, why is this unique to Rabbi Lezer? He seems to be implying, he seems to hold that an androgynous is a male. It's equivalent to two, two men having sexual relations. So that seems to be the same exact opinion as the first opinion. If you say like Rish Lakish, that we only view him as a male on a rabbinic level, but on a biblical level, we're not sure. So then there's a big difference between the two opinions. The first opinion says we're not sure on a biblical level. And Rabbi Lazar is saying is that no, we are sure. We view him as a male. But if we really hold like the other opinion, like Rabbi Yochanan, that even the first opinion views him, this androgynous, as a male completely, even on a biblical level, so then there shouldn't be any difference between these two opinions. So why do we have a repetitive opinion? It's the same opinion as the first opinion. So the Gemara explains as follows, which is interesting. The Gemara says, um, shouldn't we imply Mechlal de Tanakamas Fukum so the more answer is no. Bain Lamar, Bain Lamar, According to both opinions, we know that the androgynous' status is that it's in a male. That's clear. What are they arguing about? It could be an Ayoskila Mishnemikomos. The Marsavar Chayavan Lavskila Mishnemikomos, Marsavar Kazachar. Essentially, the first opinion, everybody agrees that it's a male. The question is what happens uh, when he has sexual relations with another male? But it's not because we're dealing with an androgynous. Androgynous has both male or sex organs and female sex organs. What happens if they have sexual relations in a way where they're having sexual relations through uh, the female organs, that um, it's going into the vaginal area? So in that case, even though we view the androgynous as a male, so then do we say that that is also viewed as a sexual act or not? So according to the first opinion, it is viewed as a sexual act. And if it's a man who's having sexual relations with this androgynous, but even if it's in the area of the vaginal area, which is the female organ, so then still it doesn't make a difference. It's still viewed as a male-to-male sexual relations, which is deserving of a punishment. Comes Rabbi Eliezer, the second opinion, says, no, that's not true. It's only true if they have sexual relations in the normal way that men if you want to call it normal, in the normal way that men and men have sexual relations. But um, if it's if it's through uh, the female organ, so then it would not be viewed as sexual relations. That is the dispute between the first opinion and Rabbi Eliezer. So in the end of the day, just to summarize, before we continue on in the Gemara, uh, we have two opinions in the Mishnah so far. Um, the first opinion seems to be we follow the position of Rabbi Yochanan that even on a biblical level, we view the androgynous as a male. The second opinion agrees. Rabbi Lezer also agrees that we view an androgynous as a male. The question, the dispute between the two of them is what happens when 
someone a male has sexual relations with an androgynous but not in a way which men and men have sexual relations but specifically through the vaginal area okay the Gemara now continues and this was the first opinion was the opinion of Rabiosi that was the opinion of Rabiosi and Rabi Shimon the, the two of them said it, said it together we are now going to have a Brisa not a Mishnah but a Brisa which was written during the times of the Mishnah of Rabiosi which seems to disagree there's a disagreement we have two different sources and it seems to be the Gemara is going to assume and, set, and the commentators explain where this is coming from uh, but the Gemara says that Rabiosi changed his mind he changed his position. And we'll see that there's two different ways to understand this. Amar Rav. Rav says, That it's true in our Mishnah, Rabiosi said that we view the androgynous as a male, but the Brisa, Rabiosi says otherwise, and we follow the Brisa. Because the Brisa says, Rabiosi says that androgynous is a beria bifneatsma, is a separate uh, being now what does this mean is a big dispute some say that this means just that we don't know whether uh, the androgynous is a male or a female however others say that no that it's neither male nor female it's a third gender it's the third gender of a baria bifneatsma if you have an androgynous uh, somebody who has both male and female sex organs so then such a person is a baria bifneatsma is a third gender um, and and that's what Rabiosi is, uh, is coming to tell us, and that's the Rabiosi of the Brisa which we follow. So the Gemara asks, I understand. How do you know that when Rabiosi changed his mind, that he changed his mind to follow, and his final opinion is the one in the Brisa? Maybe his final opinion was the one in the Mishnah. So the Gemara explains, no, we know that these are, first of all, we know that these aren't uh, two separate opinions in the name of Rabiosi, and we just don't know what Rabiosi really held. No. Rabiosi changed his mind. How do we know? Because in our Mishnah, he says it together with Rabshimin, and then in the Brisa, he says it alone. So it implies that he sort of backed away, um, and some of the commentators explain uh, that he backed away, and in the Brisa, he says that the sages they never decided ultimately whether he's male or female therefore he's a separate entity a separate gender perhaps um but it's not what i thought originally that's sort of what he's trying to say and it's not what i thought originally that he's a male no he's something else either we don't know whether it's male or female but one of the two we just don't know or it's this separate uh third gender um but we follow the position of rubiosi in the brisa that's all according to Rav. Rav says that we Rabiosi is a separate opinion, a new opinion from the, what he said in the Mishnah. And we, in fact, follow this new opinion that's found in the Brisa. Comes along Shmuel, and Shmuel argues. So Rav understood that we follow Rabiosi of the Brisa, that it's a barrier of Ifniatzma, it's, it's a, a separate gender, or at least we just don't know if it's male or female. And we sort of uh, don't follow Rabiosi in the Mishnah, who says that he's male. Shmuel says, no, the exact opposite. Shmuel says, that we push aside the Brisa for our Mishnah. We follow our Mishnah. In essence, Rabiosi, we follow in the end of the day, Rabiosi holds that Androgynous is a male. Tengor says, why? Why does Shmuel say this? Shmuel in general says that we follow 
we are enough that we follow, but we're concerned for the minority opinion. In our Mishnah, we have multiple opinions that say that he's a male. But this Rabiosi of the Brisa, that's a unique opinion. That's a very unique opinion to say that it's a barrier between the that it's neither male nor female. Uh, so why are, in general, he's concerned for that? So why isn't he concerned here? So the Gemara answer is no. Uh, basically, they say that when does Shmuel, when is he concerned for the minority opinion? That's when you don't have a Mishnah against it. But this Brisa, Brisa is something, the word Brisa means from the outside. It's not, if we have a Mishnah and a Brisa in general, this is what Shmuel says. Rav clearly argues. But Shmuel says that we follow the uh, the Mishnah. And so Shmuel says that we, we do not follow Rabiosi of the Brisa, but we follow Rabiosi of the Mishnah. Rabiosi of the Mishnah says that you, um, you view him as a male. So ultimately we view him as a male and not as a barrier of Okay, so this is, this concludes uh, this particular topic. Um, in essence, our Mishnah seems to imply that we view him as a male, um, the androgynist as a male. Rubiosi in the Brisa says that he's a barrier of Neatzma, and that could either mean that we don't know if it's male or female, or that we know that it's neither male nor female, but it's a third gender. Um, and there's a dispute between Rav and Shmuel, which position of Rubiosi do we follow? Do we follow the position of Rubiosi in our Mishnah, or do we follow the position of Rubiosi in the Brisa? Okay, we'll continue uh, with the Gemara in the next recording.